it's like you're walking to the very edge of your life and you're looking at the possibility of, of you know, like you're going to lose your life in there, but you don't and you turn around and you walk fully back into your old life with a different understanding of it and how beautiful it is and how beautiful your life is. You've tuned in to How It Looks From Here, life in the time of COVID. Life looks different to you than it does to me. The way race and gender, education and work, and everyday circumstances combine in any person's experience, well, it's different. For every person, how it looks matters. And with every interview, we are enriched. It's truly helping. I'm Mary Claire. This week, I'm speaking with Carmen Yoop, a Shoshone Bannock tribal member who was raised on the Fort Hall Indian Reservation in Idaho. Carmen is a social activist in several vital areas, among them food security and the urgent crisis of missing and murdered indigenous women. She is also a yoga instructor focused on bringing yoga to native communities. There was a lot uplifting in our talk. But just so you know, part of our conversation included description of circumstances of abuse and self-harm. We want you to know that as we all take good care of ourselves. It's so good to talk with you, Carmen. Hi, Mary. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. As I mentioned to you, the the first question that um, we're kind of focusing on with this podcast is, how you doing? COVID-19, how's it been? What's what's it like for you these days in COVID? I think now since we've gotten over the initial shock of the beginning of COVID, less fear, I feel, um, has dissipated from my life. When COVID first came around, we were in New Orleans at the yoga training, right as the cases were starting to go up each day that we were there. So it was odd in a way because we were in this secure little yoga bubble and really just focusing on what we were learning. But at the very edge was fear of the unknown of what was gonna happen. Um, I remember towards the very end of our training, I think we had about three days left and we had 15 cases at that time. So it was, yeah, it was just like we were walking on a razor's edge, it felt like. But now it's it's starting to settle. I guess we've kind of acclimated to the fear of COVID. And so you're finding that you're you're less anxious about the unknown. Correct. Okay, I kind of want to look at that a little more because you had made this pretty big decision mm-hmm. to commit yourself, yep. your training as a yoga instructor. Can you say something about that? And then this was before COVID. Well, I've always done yoga just from watching videos on, on YouTube and not really having very much experience with instructing and a part of learning more was that I I don't want to hurt people. You know, I don't want to say that I know something when I really don't. 
-hmm. So I knew that I needed to get more in-depth training to be able to properly execute these movements without harming people that are experiencing health issues like they do on the reservation. You know, people have diabetes or are obese. And that's the thing we're trying to change with yoga is that yoga is for every body shape. And so that was the big driving force was I I don't want to harm anyone. And so you were drawn to this program that uh, was really pretty much all Native American people being trained by a Native American yoga instructor. Correct. It, that, and that's what really drew me to that was it was like almost like the universe is putting something right in front of me f- just for me. You know, um, I was like, wow, there's this yoga training for indigenous people. And, and I found it on Facebook. So I was kind of skeptical at first and I wasn't sure if this was legit. But um, the more I talked with the lady that runs this, her name is Kate Herrera Jenkins. We just clicked and, and I felt safe, and I felt like this, this was the right thing and right place for me. Well, uh, thank you for giving that background, because the thing that really strikes me is that here you go, and the other people who went to this training, and you've got to be nervous enough entering into something that is really brand new, and investing the money and investing the time to go to New Orleans, which is a long way from Montana, Yeah. For, in your case. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> To, to take this training, and here you are learning all of these strategies for centering in your body, and boom, COVID. I'm wondering about how that was for all of you and how you navigated that together. Yeah, I think we kind of like life rafted together. You know, we all kind of helped support one another in, in our fear because I know a lot of us were trying not to let the fear seep into our safety bubble that we were in. And a big part of our yoga training, I felt, was finding that peace within your body while the world around you is in chaos and and finding um, movement through meditation. Movement, what, how do they put it? Meditation and motion is how he put it, one of the instructors. And yeah, it was really great. And we were able to... I think towards the end, because it was an 11-day training, towards the ninth or 10th day, I want to say, is when we all started kind of opening up emotionally to one another and telling each other, you know, what we were experiencing back home within our own lives and our own communities and the heartbreak that comes with, you know, living on a reservation. Although it is a beautiful place, you know, it's riddled with some really terrible realities that we have to live within. But once I got there and seen the other participants, it was like a sisterhood and a brotherhood. So it was had to be one of the best experiences of my life. And so then you did make your way back, even though it was iffy at the mm-hmm. airport, it sounds like, there for oh, a yeah. while. I almost had a panic attack coming back because I was just, I guess, the uncertainty of it, of not knowing how how dangerous this virus is and whether or not I'm going to be safe or if I do catch it, am I going to live through it because I do have a compromised immune system. So that worried me. So I wore gloves. I had like two masks on and (laughs) I didn't touch anything. I had a bottle of hand sanitizer in my pocket and that created, within me, that created anxiety. And then just the airports were different on the way back 
which when I was going through there the in the beginning, it was packed. Like Denver, you had to dodge right? people, yeah, yeah, just to get to your terminal. On the way back, it was there was it was like a ghost town. And so on that trip, and it sounds like though since then for sure, the effect of this yoga training has actually been it's as if you'd prepared yourself slightly ahead of time. Right? Is that so? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely felt like it helped me to work with that fear and and see it as as not so much as a hindrance that I can still continue to exist and love and feel joy despite the reality of of living in a time of COVID. Say more. You draw your strength some from the kind of serendipity, really, the chance that you signed up for this yoga instruction right when COVID hit. What else have been strong places for you to stand? I think there's several things where I draw power from. Um, One of the other ones is Sundance. That's almost like exercising your fear out of you in a way and finding the power within your body as a human being. I draw on that a lot and know that although my life is temporary, I'm here right now. So I, I need to exude that beauty and love that I feel within myself. Let me ask real quickly about Sundance, because some of our listeners will be familiar with that and others won't. How would you describe the Sundance? Not every tribe has this ceremony, but I know like among the Plains Indians and specifically in Fort Hall, that's where we go in once a year in the summertime and it's in a, in a lodge, an open sky lodge opening to the east. We go in at sundown on a Thursday and we commit to staying there with minimal amount of necessities essentially, um, no water, no food, sustaining ourselves with smells of spearmint and sage and lying on tulis that are gathered for us and really just kind of grounding with the earth and dancing you know in the in the sun in the sun and exercising basically i say it's exercising my demons because when i come out of there i feel like my trauma holds less power over me than it did when i had entered that and so that's a, a point of strength for you the Sundance was where um, I was in a really tough spot in my life and really didn't know where I was going. I know I was experiencing a lot of my trauma still. And I just kept having dreams about it. And that was, you know, from growing up, my, my mom always told me, once you have those dreams of that lodge and being in that circle, that's your calling in. And for a couple of weeks, I tried to, you know, I just was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything to anybody, and I'm just going to see if they go away. And and they didn't go away. They kept coming and coming, and, and, and then I just kind of faced myself and said, this is what I have to do, and I'm going to do it, and found, found that I, I love, I love me, you know, I, I love my, my body and my life, and where I hadn't always, you know, I hadn't always felt that way, but it, it, at the end of the Sundance, that's, uh, I don't know, that's the, the most beautiful spot I've ever felt as a human being. It's like you're walking to the very edge of your life and you're looking at the possibility of, of you know, like you feel like you're going to lose your life in there. 
but you don't and you turn around and you walk fully back into your your old life with with a different understanding of it and how beautiful your life is despite all of the tragedies that are kind of embedded in our communities for me it just feels like this is what it should feel like to be a human being a whole healthy human being i i was i have had the thought that we all have uh, an inner elder no matter oh, how yes. old we are right yeah and it's so clear in the stories you tell and i didn't realize until now but 14 year old me did rely on that elder to get me through a lot of really dangerous times really dangerous times and I was you know I'm here today so I can't express enough how grateful I am for those those things that must exist inside me even though I don't see them and so with that one of the things that is clear is that the most difficult challenge is what you found it sounds like and find with Sundance and that is locating yourself in yourself and then as a result of that I have been aware that you are fairly constantly in community with other people. And by that I mean, in your clarity, you are able to be of support. And speaking on behalf of women who can't. Right, right, totally. For themselves. Because I think I've been that woman Mm -hmm. uh, too many times. And it was one woman that spurned me to speak about my trauma because before I was hiding it, I was pretending that it never happened. Mm -hmm. And if I just didn't speak about it, Mm -hmm. then it didn't happen. You know, I was like in denial, I guess. And seeing one woman speak about her molestation by her father uh, changed the game for me because she spoke in a way that she knew it wasn't her fault. She knew that this was wrong and it was an, a wrong against her by him and, and, and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was feeling. I was feeling like I did something wrong to garner this treatment by this man. And listening to her just blew my mind at that time. And I think I was four, 13 or 14 when that happened. I was in a mental hospital. That's where this happened at. And we were in a, you know, we were required to do group, uh-huh. group therapy. And I got stuck in there because I was cutting my wrists. I was um, not specifically to, to kill myself, but for some reason that pain was, I don't know, maybe it, it was like control. It was a controlled pain that I was giving myself. And um, somebody seen it, seen my wrists, and, and they sent me to the hospital, which... I look back on as a good moment because not only was I able to experience that from that lady, there was another lady that was, she was in charge of keeping us in our rooms, making sure, you know, doing night checks, making sure we were in our beds. And I had snuck out of my room because I wanted to watch MTV in the TV room. (laughs) I didn't want to go to bed. So I snuck out and I was sitting in there for hours, probably until it was probably like one o'clock in the morning. And she, she finally came in and the response in me was, oh shit, I'm in trouble. And you know, I like froze and thought I was in big trouble. 
and she just came up to me and she just laughed and she goes oh you you know you're not supposed to be in here and she gave me a great big hug and she just held me there and and I had never I guess I had never felt that before that just that kindness displayed to me in that manner in that moment you know where I I, I knew I had done something wrong by sneaking out but I was treated compassionately rather than um, violently. And that all came from that experience of, of that cry for help, I guess, you know. so earlier you said that in addition to yoga there was Sundance and then you were about to mention something else that is a point of strength do you remember um yeah probably um really it sounds kind of cliche but counseling you know counseling has really been a saving grace for me where you know I I I don't know that I I had support really like real support to get me through those kind of moments and I needed to unburden myself so counseling was you know it's it's been a something that I all, I'll always suggest to people if they're experiencing really troubling issues or you know can't resolve some things so you know I'm in counseling right now and and you know I, I'm finding a lot of good stuff there as well as having to dredge up things that were settled, you know, that I thought were resolved, were really not resolved. They were just lying at the very bottom of of me, I guess. So, like, imagine, you know, a, a bottle of apple cider vinegar when you first get it, and you have all of that layer on the bottom that's just kind of s- sitting there, and as soon as you start moving it around, it, it plumes up, and that's kind of what is going on with me right now is, is all of this deeply embedded trauma is starting to come up and and I'm processing it now and trying to figure it out so you know I can go on in in a good way and not let this trauma responses hold me back from expressing you know my true self my true form are you finding that there's anything particular that remains particularly challenging about being in covid or worrying the worry really doesn't come from well i guess it does kind of stem and tie into covid is is the division that it creates within people you know you got the people that are pro mask and anti mask and and how do we coexist while trying to keep each other safe have you been out on fort hall during this time no i haven't gotten i haven't gotten to go anywhere since i got back from new orleans in march What's I, the mask controversy like there? Is it a controversy? It's the same thing. Same it thing is, is uh, people aren't and people are. People aren't wearing them consistently. 
and yeah, we we are having people coming down with COVID there. Um, yeah, and I just I just don't want to frighten anybody by coming in from another town and and creating more controversy that's already happening within my tribe, and and people saying that you know I brought it here or you know because that's not what I I I want I don't want that, mm-hmm. and I I do want everybody to be protected and safe as you know especially there because you know that is my heart it's my children are there my mother my siblings you know all my friends and family are there and and it hurts to to know and see them going through this and I can't help I can't go back because there are times where I just I want to go back and I need to go back but I can't and you just sit here miles away hours away yes and just listen through the phone or Yep. See through posts that people make on yep. social media. Exactly, and and wanting to go back, but knowing that the best thing to do right now is to just wait. You know, but as this, as soon as I can go back, I'm gonna go there. Yeah. Um, I, I need to see home and. So here you are. And you get up every morning, and some days you go to work most during the week, mm-hmm. and then you have your weekends, and you have your family, and then you go to sleep, and then you wake up yep. and. Um, and in there, in amongst all your everyday matters of consequence, you have this wisdom. So what would you say? What would you say would be helpful that you'd like to say um, about living with COVID and not just COVID, the other things that have come up related and perhaps unrelated, but they're all here in this kind of wild time of economic unrest, social unrest, health unrest, lots of uncertainty. What would you say to listeners? Um, I think for me, what just comes to mind is always realize that we are feeling and connected beings. We need each other and we need to start realizing how wonderful it is to have a community, to have a family to have people that love and support you. And don't take that for granted. That's really what I've been working on is making communities in all these different spaces, you know, the food sovereignty space, the, you know, um, even in the counseling space, the yoga space, um, all these little spaces are our community that I've made. And I'm so grateful for them. I think, I think that's helped me get through the stress of uncertainty and not knowing where we're headed because you know where you are right now yep and I know what helped me get here was community my community and I came from a spot where I I, when I was younger I didn't feel like I had a sense of community at all but I knew as I worked through counseling that that feeling resided within myself and that was something that I had to work out and come to accept that I did have a community behind me. You know, I have a whole nation behind me. Mm, thank you so much. You're it's welcome. great to get to spend time with you. I know you as, as well. ever. <laughs> <laughs> How it looks from here is an educational collaboration between Full Ecology and the System Zoo. How it looks from here was created and produced by me, Mary Claire, and Joe Lavisca. Find us on social media and at www.fullecology.com. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners, like you.